going to, hi David, praise God, I am going to enjoy summer, look at this short sleeve shirt, I was wearing shorts yesterday, I'm telling you, yeah, how many know you got to squeeze out summer up here, amen, squeeze it out, squeeze it out, all right, praise God, hey, something I'm convinced of, and we're going to, we're going to take care of this right now, amen, as we began to settle in our seats, as we began to turn our hearts on to the Lord and our minds to Him, I want you to pray this. I want you to say that the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give unto me, I want you to believe this right now, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him. That the eyes of my understanding. Would be enlightened. Right here. Right now. That the eyes of my understanding. Would be enlightened. That I may know. What is the hope of my calling. That I may know. What is the exceeding greatness of his power. That I may know. That I am a worker. And I operate in his power, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your inserts, I want you to look at that 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. Lord, right now, we just take authority over any distractions. We take authority over anything that would cause the service to to be where you can't concentrate. And Lord, we pray that we would be focused, that we would be in tune with you in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to hear you. We want to be changed by your word today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, if the good news, how many know that this is good news? If the good news that we preach is hidden behind a veil, then it's hidden to the people who are perishing. We know that if this good news is hidden, it's hidden from the people that are going to hell. Brothers and sisters, we also know that this good news from this word, if it's hidden from the believer, we're not going to be able to pull out all that God has for us in his word. Amen? There is a, there is a ploy and there's, a, there's something the enemy does that tries to keep the things of God hidden from you. Satan, the Bible says in verse 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded their minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see. Guys, I want you to see that. He's blinded their eyes and they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about Jesus Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Brothers and sisters, when you begin to pray for people that don't know Christ, you have to stand on that prayer. You have to stand on that word. You can't take it. You can't assume that people understand. You can't assume that that people are just going to take in what God says. There has to be some work in the spirit. There has to be some prayer on your knees. The Bible says that he who sows in tears will reap with joy. We have to get on our knees and we have to say, Lord, open up the blindness over my son's heart. Open up the blindness over this person's heart. They, They don't believe. Lord, make them able to see. They have eyes, but they can't see ears but they can't hear hearts but they can't receive the things of God brothers and sisters we have to pray that people will be open to that is everybody with me today even in the church you can hear me say that and you're like this guys we have to believe what the word says and we have to act upon what the word says you know the Jews had the Torah a lot of the Jews had the Torah memorized The Jews talked about Jesus, told everything about Jesus. They had it memorized. But when Jesus walked up to him, didn't even know him. Didn't even know the person they'd been memorizing scripture about. Couldn't even recognize Jesus, the son of God, who they memorized from a child. Brothers and sisters, let that not be so with us. Let us have eyes that see, hearts that receive. Ephesians 1.17, we pray that. Every time you open that word, ask for the hidden secrets of the Lord to come into your heart. Brothers and sisters, when you read Romans, say, Lord, show me the same thing that you showed Paul when he wrote it. When you read Peter, when you read Isaiah, 
Say, Lord, speak to me in the same way that you spoke as these writers began to write that. Let me understand. How many ever heard a good podcast that you knew was from the Lord? How many ever ever heard a good teaching that you knew was from the Lord? How many have heard those? Ask that the Lord would give you the same revelation that he gave those persons that preach in those messages. I do that all the time. I do it all the time. I ask God to show me those things. We've been talking about, it says we, uh, 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 we've been talking about the blood and the cross. The blood eradicates our sin. We spent like three or four weeks talking about the blood. We talked about the benefits of the blood. There's forgiveness for sin. There's justification or being made right with God through the blood. We talked about how the blood purges our conscience. We talked about how the blood uh, 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 forgives us and lets us not be assaulted or accused inside ourselves, nor be accused from the enemy. We talked about the, how the blood can give us the, make us overcome in all areas. But then we, I kept saying we're going to talk about there's a difference in, the work, in, in what the blood does and what the cross does. And there's some distinctions between the blood and the cross. Last week, I felt like the Lord finally said, Brian, you can go on. You can go on with that message. I preached it over and over and over. Did everything I could to get it to sink into your spirit. But we not only have to know things, we have to believe and put them into action. And put them into practice of what God's called us to do. But we, we know the blood. But the distinctions between the blood, the blood deals with what we have done. The cross deals with what we are. The blood is for our forgiveness. The cross is for our deliverance. The blood answers the question of our standing with God or our justification. That's a fancy Christian word. The cross changes our behavior and lets us know about sanctification. Are you all with me today? You know the scripture, we're going to be going through Romans 6, 1 through 12 today. If you want to turn to that, flip it open on your lap. We're going to hit all those verses. But verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, well then, should we just keep on sinning since Pastor Brian talked about how the blood forgives? It takes care of your evil conscience. It, it makes you where you're not condemned and you're not accused of the enemy on the inside or the outside. Man, I'm living free. I'm living happy because of the blood of Jesus. But brothers and sisters, my question to you is that we, are we, just because we get to a place where we understand forgiveness and we understand justification and we understand all that, I want you to understand that. I don't want you to walk in guilt. I don't want you to walk around accused of the enemy on the outside and accusing yourself from the inside. How many say we've gotten free from that in the last month? Stand on those scriptures and be free. But yet you also have to put, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Should we keep on sinning so that we can keep experiencing more of that unearned, undeserved grace and spiritual favor that we get from God? It says, of course not. How can we that have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? That's a question I want to ask you. If, you've died, if you have died to sin... How can you continue to live in it? That's a great question. How many say that's a good question? Listen, the next stretch of these messages, and I say stretch because I don't know how long they're going to be. I'll preach on the cross until I feel the Lord say you can move on. But the next stretch of these messages is, is it's going to be a call to you to come out of sin. It's going to be a call to you to come out of behaviors that are destroying you. It's going to be a call to you. We understand the forgiveness. We understand that, that the guilt can be gone. The condemnation's gone. That's great. And you need, that's a building block. That's something that every Christian should know. But every Christian should also know that, that we can come out of sin. And we can come out of sinful behavior. And we can come out of habits. And we can come out of things that's been kicking our tails for years. We're not to keep continuing in sin that God's grace may abound. Today's sermon, I've switched titles a million times. I called it win-win at one point. I called it win-win because it is win-win. You'll see why at the end. But then I even wrote down here, forgiven, but don't keep on sinning. So whatever you want to call it, it will be fine. But I want to give you some facts about the cross. Keep in mind, we're going through that Romans 6, 1 through 12. 
We hit the first two. Don't continue in sin. Well, let me give you some facts about the cross. Did you know this? Hit your neighbor and ask him, did you know this? And then perk your, perk your ears up. Did you know this? Did you know this? Did you know that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now, everybody say right here and now. Now, we also, we also, Lord, I pray that people's eyes are open right now. I pray that understanding and spiritual insight happens right now. See that. See that scripture. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live a new life. When we came up out of the water, it's talking about his baptism in there. When we came up out of the water, you who were baptized, when you came up out of the water, you entered into a new country of grace. You entered into a new life, a new man, a new woman, a new land. But when you were raised out of the water, it's like it's the resurrection of Jesus. We become one with him dying, but we're one with him also as we're raised up. Brothers and sisters, the old is gone. I love that old movie, First Night. I, I've, I've heard about being born again since a little child, but it really hit me when Sean Connery took and put, how many seen First Night? It's an old movie. How many remember when Sean Connery took his sword and he, and he dubbed Sir Lancelot as a knight? It really hit me, he said, Sir Lancelot, you are born again into a new life. That, that just hit me like a rock when I saw that movie. Everything that Lancelot was, was put behind him. His, his name, what he was labeled, what he had done. How many of you have been labeled things? You're this, you're that, you're the drunk, you're the, you're the troublemaker. You got, Lancelot had all these labels, he had all these things that he had done in his life. But when he was dubbed the knight, he was born again into a new life. The Bible says this, guys, in 2 Corinthians, this means in 5.17 that anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. How many of you have experienced that? Seriously, how many of you have experienced that? I'm looking back at, at, at Chris and, and, and Swathi, Swathi, man, they've been coming to church. These guys have renounced a religion they used to maybe believe in, and they have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Right there. Stand up, Chris. They, they've renounced. They've been born again into a new kingdom, a new king. You guys can sit down. We love you so much. Amen. The old is gone, and the new's here. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Don't let this scripture freak you out. Don't you realize that when those who do wrong, those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? How many know we have to see these things? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols, people who commit adultery, that's having sex with someone else's wife or husband, or who wants to be a male prostitute, if you have aspirations for that, <laughs> you can laugh. A pra or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or you cheat people. These people aren't going to heaven. They, they aren't a part of the kingdom of God. Here's what I like. S some of you were once like that. Who used to be like that? Who used to be like, come on, who used to be like that? Uh, we got a bunch of whitewashed people here. Who used to do that? Who used to do that? And such words, some of you once did things with that, but now you're clean, now you're made holy, and now you're made right with God. See, my question, amen. My question is you, is just because you're right with God, and just because you have forgiveness of sin, and just because you're not condemned, and just because you're not, uh, have guilt anymore, and your conscience is pure before God between yourself, and the devil hadn't got anything, should you just keep on sinning? Should you just keep on sinning so you can just keep expecting God's wonderful grace to pour out to you? Brothers and sisters, we're turning over 
a new life. We turn over new life when we come into Christ. But you've been cleansed. You've been made holy. You've been made right with God by calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Chris, that's all we do is we call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And, and the Spirit of God comes inside of us. Let me ask you this. So the first did you know. Let me see if I find it. The first did you know is I don't see it. The first did you know. I want this to be. The first one is, did you know that, that you were uh, with Christ? You know, I skipped a whole page. We're going to have to back up. Did you know that, that when you're, ha, I skipped a whole page. Facts about the, here's the first one. Facts, did you know this, that we'll join Christ in his death? When you were joined with Christ in his baptism, you were joined with him. I do want to hit this. This is clear back to the beginning, guys. I'm really messing you up here. Listen to this. We were joined with Christ in his death and burial. When you were joined with, the Bible says in, in six, Romans 6, 3 and 4, it says, when you were joined with Christ Jesus in his baptism, you were joined with him. That join means that you were in union. There was a fusion, a merger with Christ in his death at the cross. In other words, you were on the cross with him. With him. That's where I want your eyes to be enlightened. When Christ died, there was a merger with his death. You were merged with it. There was a joining with his death. You were, in fact, listen to me, on the cross with him. You were on the cross with him. Okay? Because Paul makes some key points here why we have victory. Here's how you can have victory over sin and bad habits of the old life. In some mysterious way, God, listen, God, for some reason, God sees it this way. God links us like that. He links us with Christ's death and resurrection. When Christ died on the cross and was buried, right then and there, our sinful selves were crucified and buried with him. And when Christ rose from the dead, we rose with him. Guys, that's a key to getting over sin. That's a key to getting over benefit. That's a key to getting over bad habits is you realize that when Christ died, God links that and doesn't separate the two, that when he died, he says, you died. And when he rose, it says, you rose. So by baptism, the old man went down. When we went under the water, we left the old man, the old woman of sin behind. But when we were lowered into the water, but it's, it's the burial of Jesus. Chris, someday you're going to get to be baptized. When you're baptized, you're you're, you're being buried with Christ and you're leaving. It's a symbolism. The body with its sinfulness is in the grave. It can do nothing to us who are united with him in heavenly places. I have an illustration with you. Listen to this. Has anybody ever walked through a cemetery lately? Could the dead make you do anything? Could the dead make you do anything in that cemetery? Even so, death has no longer a hold on Christ. On, uh, it doesn't have a hold on Christ. It doesn't have a hold on us. See, this is a fact that God wants the believer to acknowledge that it's true, to know it, and to act on it. Listen to me, believers. Remember how we said Christians can't know and understand? A lot of believers that you are setting in your sin, the reason you can't get out of your sin is because this scripture has not been illuminated. When you truly see, hey, it's a mystery. I'll tell you what, you trying good behavior doesn't work. You having willpower doesn't work. You making a decision or a new year's resolution doesn't work. Well, why not try what God says and see if it works? God says that when I saw Christ go down, I saw you go down. When I saw Christ go down, I saw all of your bad habits all of your sin nature, all of the things that you can't control yourself, that you just live in those that, that you can't control. You died with Christ in that. You're dead. Can a cemetery make you do anything? No, it can't. And just as Christ was raised up, you, my brother, you, my sister, are raised up in new life. Now listen, I, I, I sense the unbelief in a room. I sense everybody like, oh, yeah, well, heard this sermon. I've known that Roman scripture forever. But you're bound. You're not free. 
It's one thing to know, it's another thing to know and believe. The devil knows a lot of stuff. Well, you can know a lot of things, but unless you believe in what you know, there's no action and there's no future in what you're doing. I'll tell you, I believe that I'm dead. I believe that the things that kick my butt, they don't kick my butt. I'm dead to it. And just as Christ rose from the dead and is a new person, I'm a new person in Christ. Are y'all with me? So we're joined. The first thing, did you know, is you're joined with his death. You're joined with his death. The second thing, did you know, is did you know that you're raised up in his likeness and there's a newness? I'm glad I went back and looked at that because we need to see all these points. Now then, let's go to the third point. Did you know this? That sin's power is broken. Some of you say you know it, but it ain't broken in your life. No condemnation. We, we know we're not condemned. We're forgiven. We're right with God. If sin's broken in your life, why are you sinning all the time? If sin's broken in your life, why are you still enjoying the desires of the flesh? And why are you still doing that stuff? Why isn't there a behavior change? Why isn't there? Hey, I can be this way to you guys because I've been real nice to you for a month. I'm telling you how much God loves you and stuff. I mean, we need to be settled in Christ's love. We need to be settled in his forgiveness. But we also, you know, Paul said this. He said, you know, sometimes I talk to you like a nurse nourishes, nurses her baby on her breast. I nurse you and I nourish you like a mother, Paul said. But sometimes I flip you on your ear. How many remember when dad used to flip you on the back of your head? Or flip your ear. Hey, that is a great, that is a great parent thing. You young parents, it works. Don't, don't believe these magazines. The flip on the ear really does wonders. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> Boom. Sometimes, sometimes God needs to put our finger in our face and say, you need to straighten up, young man. You need to straighten your act up. You need to get off your duff, straighten your act up, and do what God's called you to do. Sometimes we need to provoke our children like a father does. Sometimes you nurse them. Sometimes you say, you need to straighten up. You need to straighten up. There's times you say, it's never okay for this to be going on in church. It's never. Paul said, Paul said these things should not even be named among Christians. Fornication, theft, drunkenness, different diseases. Say, shouldn't even be named among Christians. Are y'all with me today? I'm telling you that you can die. You can be dead to things. You can be dead to the old life. You are dead to the old life. It's not, can't, it, it becomes you are when you believe, okay? But sin's power is broken. The Bible says in 6 6, Romans 6 6, for when we died, past tense, with Christ, we were, past tense, set free from the power of sin. Because he died, sin had no power over him. Now he lives, look at this, now he lives his life in fellowship with God. How many believe that, God, that Jesus Christ died to sin, now lives his life in fellowship with God? How many believe that Jesus and, and God are in fellowship? The word says, in the same way. Somebody say, in the same way. In the same way, you have to realize and think that you are also dead as far as sin is concerned. But you are in living fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Know, believe, and accept. Sin's power is broken, but unless you know it, unless you believe it, unless you accept it, you will continue in sin. You will continue in it. But once you know that you're dead... And you know you've been raised to a new life. The same power that raised Christ from the dead quickens you to live it. You can do it. You can do it. We can live godly. We can live godly. We can put down the things of the flesh. We can put down sinful desires. You can be free. You don't have to be drawn in to the devil's net. You don't have to be lured in. You don't have to be wooed in to the devil's tricks and traps. You can be free.
The Bible says in 611, it, I like it in the New King James, it says, For we are told, listen to this, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to Christ. Reckon there means, Ted, reckon there means you're into financing. Account it as so. Reckon means it's done. I account it as so. That to reckon, if a banker tells you that one of your relatives has passed and has deposited a million dollars in your savings account and you don't believe it, then you're going to continue in your current financial problems. You're not taking into account what the banker just told you. You're not reaping the benefits. But when we reckon the banker's statement as, you know, I believe that's so, then we make use of that million dollars to get out of debt and start practicing financial stability. Do you reckon yourself dead? Do you know that? Do you believe that? Or you got a million dollars of blessing that's just sitting idle. Man, why do you sit here? Why, we, why do we sit and let the devil beat our brains out and kick our tails? When everything we need is in Christ. And if you'll get out of religion and get out of this, if you will get out of the spirit of religion, and if you will get out of church as usual, and if some, some of you can get tone deaf. To, to where you can't even hear scriptures that we all know, because we know those. We know them, but we don't believe them. I'm telling you, I'm experiencing breakthrough in my life like never before. When I talk to people on the phone, I, they, they, how you doing, Brian? I say, I have never been this good as a Christian. Felt this good. Felt this whole. Felt this close. Felt this strong. I have never, ever walked where I'm at right now. And you know what, brothers and sisters? Amen. Listen, listen, I'm giving you every week the things that I'm doing to, be, to have it. Some of you are getting it. Some of you are walking out of that valley with your arms up to the Lord. Ain't going to let the devil beat you down no more. Amen. And some of you stay in the same old, same old. Which is it going to be? You choose. The gospel's been preached unto me and you. We're all on level playing ground. I think we're waiting for some new thing. It's as old. This is an old thing. This is something that's been done 2,000 years. Are you all with me today? I'm telling you, you can be free. You can be free. You are free. It's already in your bank. Withdraw it, baby. It's done. And I'm telling you, this works with everything. The other day, I was talking to someone and praying for him. And I was talking to a, a person that was on heroin in the last two weeks. In my mind, I said, whoo, heroin's a bad drug. That's a bad drug. Methamphetamines, bad, those bad drugs, there's like a brain dependence. Those are the hard ones to get. There's certain ones. I mean, we got our list of things that... Like, I think we'd stick pornography up there in people's mind. That's a, hard, that's, like, that's a hard drug. That's a hard one. Or to me, even bipolarism. I think we'd say, ooh, that's a hard one. That's a tough one. I, I think there's some we'd say, ooh, that's a tough one. And, we, and we're like, well, what I'm preaching don't work on them. What? It doesn't work on those, but it works on others. You know, one time I had a shoulder cuff out. I felt led to tell this this morning. I got to quit looking at that clock because we're in a groove. Listen to me. Listen to me. One time I had a, a shoulder cuff that wouldn't work right, and I wanted to lift weights and stuff, and I couldn't lift over 100 pounds. I, I couldn't bench or nothing. Um, one time this knee used to go in and out. I mean, it would just all the time. I, I could put my own knee in because it would just go in and out from playing football. I, I could jump a puddle and land the wrong way, and my knee would go out, okay? I, could, I would do that. I, I would just squat, and my knee would go out. I mean, and then there was another thing. I also had, I'll just say it, it's embarrassing, but I had a fungus on my toe. I had all these things. I, I could believe God for the shoulder and the knee, 
But for some reason, I couldn't believe him for the fungus on my toe. God completely healed my shoulder to where, I'm not saying it's a brag, but in January this year, I was easily branching 275 pounds, easy. Not easy, but three or four times, okay? Really, I could get up over 315 and 325 on one time. Healed, healed. I, I, one time I fell off some stilt sheetrock and broke my bone here and here. See how that doesn't go out completely straight? It used to be about like that. But if you notice, it's getting straighter all the time because I believe for my healing. Okay? I believe for my healing. I, I, I think sometimes we're like, I believe him for that, but I can't believe him for that. I can't believe him for my sorry blank husband. I can't believe him for my sorry wife. I can't believe him for my business situation. I can't believe him for my heroin, but I can believe him for a cold. We can believe God for everything. <laughs> this works for everything. I hear people saying this. This works for everything, but. Have you ever seen those medicine commercials? How many ever seen the medicine commercials on TV? This product may not be right for you if, and then it goes. And then, and then, and then you're like, what was that? I think I heard my ear falls off and my left leg goes sideways, but I mean, huh? And then, and, then they, and then they say, side effects may be loss of hearing, sight, and motor skills. You may crow like a chicken and bark like a dog. <laughs> and then it goes. That medicine doesn't work. But I'm telling you, how many, I'm telling you what God has works for everything. I don't care if it's heroin. Or I don't care if it's tobacco. I don't care if it's a no good nothing husband or wife. He works. Sin has no power. Christ lives in fellowship with God. So do we. <clears throat> Scripture for that is Romans 6, 10 11. I want to read it in Good News Translation. And so, in other words, this is a fact. And so, you know what? This word's starting to get through. I'm starting to feel faith rise in the building. When I first started this thing, I was like, where are these people? I'm being honest with you. Where are these guys today? But I'm feeling you tuning in now. I'm feeling you tuning in now. Now listen. And so, this is a fact. Because he died, sin has no power over him. And now he lives, he lives in life with fellowship to God. In the same way, you are to think of yourselves as dead, so far as sin's concerned, but living in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. Here's the next thing. Did you know this? The works of the devil have been destroyed. They've been disarmed. 1 John 3, 8 says this, whoever continues in sin, this is good news translation, Whoever continues to sin belongs to the devil because the devil sinned from the very beginning. But the Son of God appeared for this reason, to destroy what the devil has done. Colossians 2.15, good news translation. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of spiritual rulers and authority. He made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives into the victory progression. Guys, remember the great movies where you see him coming back with the spoils of the land and the king's shoes are off and all the golden things are, and the parade's coming and they're bringing it all in? I'm telling you, Christ walked with a chain over his shoulder and a pig circle in the devil's nose. We used to put these rings in pig's nose like that, and when you pull on it, it pinches it. To where you can hold the head of the pig. Christ took the devil's nose and stuck that ring in it. Put the chain over his shoulder and walked through victory. 
that enemy is disarmed and he's defeated in Jesus' name. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says this, once you were dead because of your disobedience of your sins. You used, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of this, this world. Guys, get this. You used to live in sin just like everybody else did in this world. Guys, I want you to see this today. I want you to see that there is a spiritual significance here. That there's something spiritual about your freedom. There, there's something spirit. It, it can't be by willpower and determination and want to. There's something spiritual. In Genesis 3.16, when, when, when Christ, when, when Adam and Eve fell, it says that, that, that through the seed of this woman, there's going to be a son child, meaning Christ that's going to come. It says, he shall bruise the head of the serpent and he shall bite his heel. In other words, clear back in, in, with Adam and Eve when they sinned, God had a plan and it was that Jesus bruised the head of the serpent. And he's underneath the foot of the church. We are the body of Christ. Amen. So Jesus came and disarmed the devil. And you who used to, <clears throat> that's why I was telling you when you pray for people that don't know Christ, you have to, please get this. When you pray for people that don't have Christ, you have to pray that the blinders would go off their eyes. Amen. They're bound in blindness. They can't help. They walk under the power of the prince of this world. The same way that you couldn't help yourself and you obeyed the lust of your flesh and your sinful desires that you couldn't do anything for yourself, the world can't do anything for themselves. And I say as pastor that the first thing you do if you want to be a soul winner is get on your knees and start breaking spiritual darkness around people. Amen. Commanding darkness to shine into the light. Amen. Saying that these eyes will hear and those, those ears will hear and those eyes will see. Devil, you cannot have them. They do not obey you. They are going to obey to the truth. Devil, you're, are you with, him? with me? Listen, you also do that in your own life. I'm a child of light. You don't have me. You, you got to do the same thing with yourself. Okay? You used to live in sin just as the rest of this world, obeying the devil. Because he was the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. I want you to underline that or think about that. Listen to this. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. I want to say that one more time. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Okay? I think the best way to explain that is this. Sin and its effect. If you ever took an apple, have you ever wondered how does a worm get inside the apple? Perhaps you think that the worm bur burrows in from the outside. How many thought the worm landed on it and burrowed in from the outside? That's not the case. Scientists have discovered that the worm comes from the inside. But how does it get in there? Simple. An insect lays the egg in the apple blossom. In other words, when you see that apple tree blooming, an insect come and lays an egg in that apple blossom. Later, the worm hatches in the heart of that apple. Now, listen to that statement I just made. I didn't tie this together. That's why I paused a minute. I think the Holy Spirit's doing this. In that scripture I just read, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So the enemy, as it were, is, he, he, he controls and he's at work in the heart of people that refuse to obey God. It's like, that, it's like that worm in the heart of an apple. How'd it get there? But then that worm eats its way out. Sin is like the worm. It begins in the heart and it works out through a person's thoughts, words, and action. Sin nature has to be dealt with from the inside out. God went to the core. 
and disperses our sin nature. Y'all believe that? Okay, so with that in mind, do not let your sin nature, this is Romans 6, 12. With that in mind, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to, is it up there? Do not give in to sinful desires. Is that up there? Okay, do not let any part, listen to this, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. <clears throat> Would you think about that for a second? Do not let your body, whether it's your mouth that gets you in trouble, where you assault people with your mouth, do not let your body in any way, shape, or form be used as an instrument for evil. Don't, don't let it. Don't let it. Guys, I've been preaching to you for a month. You're forgiven. You're right with God. You're, you're, you don't have to do guilt and shame and all that stuff. But now we're talking about the cross. Don't let the way you, don't let it control the way you live. Don't let sin control the way you live. Seriously. If I was to actually raise your hand, how many of you feel controlled by something? Some of you, hey, look at your pastor. You're not supposed, nothing's supposed to be Lord over you. Eating can be. You know, you know I, I eat when I'm stressed. I eat when I'm, I eat. So, so it, you're not supposed to let anything master you. Well, wait a second. You can deal with Maybe, maybe overweight is sin for some of you because you're not trusting in the Lord and you're trusting in food. Are you, see, we can't let anything. I, I choose to say that I'm going to trust in the Lord on things, okay? I'm, I know I'm getting out there and may have messed up some of your hair there, but I love you. Don't give in. Don't, don't let sin control the way you... Oh, if I ask you... Does sin control any of the way you live, the way you react? Don't give in. Don't cave in to spiritual desires. How many of you started to cave in to a spiritual desire and it's everything you could, you got, you got loose and you, and you didn't fall? How many has ever heard the voice say this? Eh, you got by this one, I'll get you on the next one. How many has ever heard that? The enemy's very patient. How many he'll, uh, okay, don't default to your old nature that's buried you have a new nature don't let any part of your body be an instrument of evil don't be used for wicked purposes I think the best example I have on this the Lord taught me when I was about 21 years old when I was 21 years old the Lord I was sitting on the stage and we was in praise and worship and I was standing just like this with my eyes closed and I was just meditating on the songs the Lord came up to me and very clearly said this. He said, Brian, I want to show you something today. I want to show you something today. I said, okay, Lord. And right when that happened, I saw this dark cloud. And it came in the church where we were worshiping. I, I could see it with my spiritual eyes. I saw a dark cloud. And this cloud started moving across the congregation. And when it landed, say the cloud came and landed on Tim and Linda, when it landed on them, I saw their faces change. I saw their faces start to change to get angry or, or frustrated or something. But then you saw them go like this, like they just shook it off and said, no, I'm not giving in to that. And that cloud knew that that wasn't going to be a conduit. So it went to somewhere else. And it went to Frank. And you saw Frank fighting. You saw him fighting. And then you saw him saying, no. And then that cloud just kept moving all over the church. But then it found its candidate. I still remember the dear old brother. I can name him today. But I won't because people listen to our tapes. It landed and that guy got madder and madder. And started doing this. He, say the sounds back there. He started going like this. Started, and then he ran back 
and hit his hand on the deal and started chewing out the sound man. He let his body be used as an instrument from evil. When you talk about people in this church or you talk about people at work in an unhealthy <coughs> and an unedifying way, you just got played and used by the devil where you become an instrument of evil. It is never okay to talk about people and to assassinate people's character. Do you know, do you know, as, as, do you know in our staff, in our staff, I will tell our, uh, in our staff, you would think that we should talk openly about what's going on in people's lives in our church. We don't. Who gives the staff that right? Well, the staff needs to be in the know. Josh needs to know, and, and, and Braden, they need, Caitlin, we need to be in the know about, about Gary and, and Catherine, or what, we need to be in the know about Frank. No, no, that irritates me. No, it's not true. Then you got the intercessory prayer group that I've seen in churches where they think it's all right to talk about things that people told them in confidence. Oh, because we're praying about it. I wonder how much praying's getting done and how much gossiping's getting done. It is never ever okay whether you're the pastor or the associate pastor or the children it is never okay to assassinate people's character especially when you're wrong and you're doing it on hearsay it's never okay you're used as an instrument of evil that's tough preaching but it's truth it is never okay to assault your wife verbally because she's married to you and, she ta- and she's put up with you for all these years. It's never okay. It's never okay to do that. It, it's, our sinful nature will try to justify everything. It's not okay. We need to live as a people that are free. We need to know that in all ways, if, if this doesn't set right... If it, it, you, you pet a cat and you go with the hair, if, if this doesn't set right and it seems like you're petting the cat backwards, turn the cat around. Because this is truth. And you shall know truth. And the truth will make you free. It's never okay for you, wife, to go assassinate your husband to all of your friends. It's never okay, husband, for you to go assassinate your wife trying to get people on teams. It's never okay. 1 Corinthians 6, 6 says this, meat is for the belly, and the belly is for meat. But our bodies are not made to have sexual intercourse before marriage. It says it in there. It says our bodies are made for the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we have been set free from sin. We've been set free from sin nature. The power of sin has been broken. The enemy has been disarmed. Are you all with me today? As Christ was dead, we're raised in his power. We can overcome any sinful desire, any sin. We don't have to sin. What? Okay, let's read it. We don't have to sin. Look at 1 John 3, 6. While you're turning there, where it says not to use your bodies as, uh, it said do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body come as an instrument to serve sin. Six twelve finishes with this. But instead, give yourselves completely to God. Are you all with me? How do we not let sin? Give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Use your whole body as an instrument to do the right thing. 
Will somebody leave here today saying, I'm going to use my body as an instrument to do the right thing. I'm going to use my body to do good things. I'm going to use my body. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hook my body up with sin, my sinful desires because when I hook my body up with sinful desires, the Scripture says, do you not know that your body is the Lord and that you are the body of Christ? And so when we do that, we're hooking Christ up with this stuff. Does Christ want to do drugs? Does Christ want to get drunk the way he makes a fool of himself? Does Christ want to go sleep with whoever he can? Does Christ sit around in circles and talk about people? Does, does Christ do that? We're with Christ, and we're free from those things. Don't continue in sin. God's calling us out of sin. 1 John 3, 6 through 10. Look at this in the Good News translation. It says, so everyone who lives, do we have, guys really see this. I know you're, I can always tell as a communicator when I'm getting done. I can tell by the, when it's time to stop. We're getting on that verge where it's about time to stop. We're almost done. This is good. Stay with me just a second. I've even put in my mind, come back and do it next week. I, I don't feel we're supposed to come back and do it next week. We need to do it right now. We need to deal with this now. We need to deal with this now. So every one of you who lives in union with Christ, who's out there saying, come on, get with me. Who's out there living in union with Christ? Okay, everyone who's living in union with Christ does not continue to sin. <coughs> but whoever continues to sin has never, notice it says continues to sin. That's like a lifestyle of it. I'm not telling you you're never going to mess up because you will. <clears throat> but sin has never seen him nor known him. Let no one deceive you, my children. Whoever does what is right is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. Whoever continues to sin belongs to the devil. Because the devil sinned from the very beginning. The Son of God appeared for this reason, to destroy what the devil has done. Those who are the children of God... Do not continue to sin. For God's very, I love this, for God's very nature is in them. Did you all see that? And because God is their father, they can't continue to sin. Here is the clear difference between God's children and the devil's children. Those who do what is right or, or do not love others are not God's children. Now, why did I say this is a win-win message? Probably in 30 years, I've never used that scripture I just read to you guys. Everybody look at me. Probably in 30 years, I've not preached that scripture because I think that's a tough one. I think that's tough. But I felt God say, Brian, you can teach that scripture because you just spent four weeks telling them about his love. And his forgiveness. Guys, I am, I am settled in Christ's love. And, and I'm, I, I do not deal with condemnation, fear, and guilt and all that stuff. Because I know who I am in Christ. And I know that God, I know that stuff. But we need to know this other side of that. Here's why it's, here's why it's win-win. Is we need to start saying no to sin. And start putting a stop to it. But look at this. Look at me. Everybody look at me. But look at this. My dear children, 1 John 2, 1 through 2, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. I'm writing to you so that you will not sin. But when anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case with God the Father. See, I preached that one to you already. So what I'm asking you to do is where we started this thing. Do we continue in sin because we heard about this wonderful grace? Do we continue in sin because of that? Do, you, do we continue in sin because of these four weeks of wonderful sermons, of liberating sermons? No, you put them together and you start punching in and getting delivered from your sin nature with the things that I put, did you know? But listen, 
When you start hammering on these things, when you start saying no more, say, say some, somebody says no more pornography. I'm dead to that. And, and say you go for a while and you do pretty good. But then you take a look at pornography. My dear children, at that point, don't, don't revert back to the old way. Oh, I'm worthless before God. He, where your conscience is condemning you and the enemy's accusing you and you forgot about the blood that I've been preaching about for four weeks, that's when you, pick, you get into the waterfall. Lord, thank you for the waterfall forgiveness. Thank you for that. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that my conscience, my sinful conscience is purged. You all remember catheter last week? It's purged. My evil conscience is purged. My sin conscience. I don't remember it. The devil, devil, you can't accuse me. Remember last week? God knows everything about me and he still loves me. Remember all that? You get under the waterfall of his forgiveness. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But yet, don't let that make you stop. Don't live in his wonderful grace to where we don't start hammering and breaking out things that have strongholds in our life. I think that's a really good sermon, guys. Seriously. Seriously. I, I, I try so hard to be a pastor and not a hireling. I, I, I think that is so balanced in, in, in living this thing out. And I'm, I'm going to close with this as the worship team is coming. Guys, here's my, here's my issue. Here's what I'm concerned about. Today when, we were, today when I'm saying there, the power of sin has been broken, you're dead with Christ. Okay, I was starting to see that faith rise in you to where you guys were like, yeah, sin's power is broken. Yeah, the devil is disarmed. Yeah, I'm dead with him. I'm raised. I, I, I'm seeing an aha moment where you're like, I believe I'm going to do what pastors preach. I, I believe that. Because I said, I, sometimes when you preach, you know people are hearing it, but they're not mixing it with faith. Faith is the, is the ingredient that takes these messages and makes them come alive. Did anybody hear that? What, what you have to do now is take this sermon. Is a, we'll put it, Amanda, put the sermon on the internet. Put it on the internet this week. Where you go and you'll have these sermon notes. Where you take it and say, step one, step, and you read it. Faith is three things. It's knowledge, and then you assent to that knowledge. And then you do that. Okay? So listen, Hebrews 4, 1 through 3, listen to this. Therefore, since a promise remains of people entering into the rest of the Lord. In other words, I want people to enter into the fullness of God. Let us fear lest any seem to come short. See, as a pastor, I'm like, man, I don't want anybody to come short of what you can be for God. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as into them. In other words, it's level ground. But the word which you all are hearing today, the word does not profit. Did you hear that? The word does not profit them if it's not mixed with faith. In people that hear it. For we who have believed do enter into the rest. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. You know, you're, you're, you, you were free 2,000 years ago. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that this church would see that they were dead with Christ. Right now, every head bowed and eyes closed. I want you to see yourself dead with, <coughs> with Christ. I want you to see Christ on the cross, and I want you to see yourself with him on that cross because that's the way God sees it. It's a mystery. Christ is dead to sin. Right now, the body of sin, I want you to think about the, the life that you live, the sinful desires, the, the lust of the flesh, the things that seem to wreck you, up, wreck you and, and take you down. 
I want you to see that body dead with Christ. If you've been an adulterer, don't say I'm an adulterer anymore. If you've been a drug addict, drug addict, lay on the cross. Lay on the cross. You are dead with Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, you are raised in new life in fellowship with God. Right now, I want you to see yourself new. I want you to see husband and wife. I want you to see both of you laying on the cross. And those things which making your marriage dead die and be raised in new husband and new wife. Okay? I want you to see every head bowed and eyes closed. I want you to believe this. That sin, that the power of sin is broken in you. I want you to believe that. I want you to believe today. That the power that had you bound when you were without Christ, that you obeyed your lust of your flesh, and you obeyed, the, you obeyed the, the world just like everybody else, that that scripture says <coughs> that Christ has disarmed that. You don't, you, you're not, you don't obey the devil anymore. You don't obey the, what he makes you do. Your eyes are open. You're not blind anymore. Lord, I pray supernaturally something happens today in this congregation that you were supernaturally open at spiritual eyes. And Lord, that people supernaturally will be, we don't even have to come to the front today and be hands laid on. You can, it can happen right where you're at, just with illumination. Lord, I believe that I was dead. I believe I'm raised. I believe the power of sin is broken. I believe Satan has been disarmed. And I assent, I assent, I hook up with that. I believe it. And this week, I challenge you this week. If the first thing you did, I'm just going to use this because it's an easy analogy. I, I, I'm just going to use this because I want to use cigarette smoking. Not that it's wrong. I'm just using it as an analogy. If the first thing that you did, say you want to be delivered from cigarette smoking, Okay, well, the first thing that you're used to do, first you're believing that nothing has power over you. You've done all that. Now, the first thing, if you're a cigarette smoker, trust me, I chewed skull since I was 13. And I've only been delivered not very long. You chewed skull as a pastor? Yep. Sure did. My, what, didn't even let my wife know about it. But one time I said, that's it. No more chewing skull. Don't, don't think I don't understand. But when you do that, me, when I used to chew skull, I used to drive to church alone because I couldn't wait to get in the car after church and put a dip in. But then when I realized that that doesn't control me anymore, and I'm dead to that. When I had that dream, man, you're a mouth for the Lord, you're going to let give the devil something where he can put cancer in your mouth where you can't preach? I said, nope, I'm done. Never did it again. But my thing was to go immediately and stick it in. So faith is knowing it, believing it, and then your action is don't go do what you always do. Mine, my first thing I did is I got to the car as quick as I could so I could take a dip. Not anymore. That's taking action. Take action. Take action. I say this by the Spirit of the Lord, that if you will take action, you will see the power of the resurrected Christ come in you, and you will have a strength and a power that you are going to be able to put everything underneath your feet. It is not greater, it is not stronger. Let's stand to our feet today. I feel the Lord saying we've already, we're done, we, I, we just had the altar call. 
I am going to ask the prayer team to come up. If you want prayer about anything, feel free to come. You can even keep the lights up normal. Keep them right there. But to me, the word is spoken. I, I hear it. I believe it. Somebody say, let's go do it. We, we've heard the word. How many of you heard the word today? We believe the word. Now let's say this. Say this. Seriously say, nothing to do but just do it. Nothing to do but do it. Nothing to do but let's just do it. But let's do it in the power of the cross and the power of the scripture and the power of the learned word of God today and see if the power of the resurrection of Christ does not come in you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As you leave today, these people are up here to pray for you. Remember to sign up. We need help uh, at the jewels. We need help with the food baskets. We need people setting at jewel and helping with the feed food baskets. Don't forget you can go downstairs and eat and fellowship. Don't forget that um, the Growing Kids God Way is on the third floor. You can get in the elevator or go up the sides. If, you're, if your house is a chaos, go to Growing Kids God's Way. And get some, when order's restored, blessing's released. Amen. Your kid doesn't have to kick you in the knee and spit on you and say, I hate you. You can learn how for that not to happen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's going on the third floor. And there's, sis told me she's got enough food for 90 people downstairs. So don't leave sis too fat on us. Amen. Hey, you're dismissed. I, I, I love you. We took in a lot today. Be dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you.